0: You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at LukeBraunNFL. And you can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. I also want to shout out the Peacock and Williamson podcast. Brian Peacock, NFL analyst and NFL scout, Matt Williamson, breaking down everything going on in the wide world of the NFL every single day on the Locked On Podcast Network as well. And today we have to talk about the new protocols with re- regard to COVID 19, vaccinations, and how the players have reacted to all that. We have to have this conversation, I guess. I also want to talk a little bit about if the Vikings are all in for the 2020 season. There was an article that came out of Daily Norseman I wanted to respond to. And of course, there's some story time series going on as well. But I guess let's start with the news of the day, which is the new guidelines regarding COVID-19 and vaccination. And there's a lot of bullet points. I'm not going to go over all of them. All you need to know is that if, if a player or a coach or whoever is vaccinated, life can basically resume as normal. They can go to the facility. They don't have to wear masks everywhere. They don't have to watch nearly as hard about like who they're exposed to or whatever, they can hang out as much as they want with anybody else who's vaccinated. If you aren't vaccinated, you kind of have to operate the way you did in 2020, which is, you know, masks everywhere, testing every day, the whole deal that players kind of put up with If you're vaccinated, you can skip all of that. So that is, I think, a pretty common sense thing. If you're vaccinated, you don't have to do the COVID protocols. If you aren't vaccinated, you have to do the COVID protocols. But a lot of players seemed kind of upset by this. I know Joe Mixon uh, responded with something about how the NFLPA isn't looking out for them. You know, a lot of players responded with uh, some frustration or other. And a lot of players on Wednesday were asked have they been vaccinated? Will they get vaccinated? And most players deflected the question, which sure is interesting among Vikings who didn't answer the question of whether or not they are vaccinated or will get vaccinated. You know, Kirk Cousins said it's a personal thing and I'm not going to get into it. Harrison Smith, Adam Thielen, Sheldon Richardson said he wanted to do more research and all that stuff. And players seem generally hesitant to get the COVID vaccine, which I, I think is uh, fair to be concerned about. And regardless of your opinion on COVID-19 vaccinations, and we will get into that, it's an availability concern, right? Because if a Vikings player doesn't want to get vaccinated because of what they read online or whatever, and they end up contracting COVID-19 and getting held out of a game thanks to COVID-19, maybe two games thanks to COVID-19, what if those are important games? What if that's the difference between winning and losing? I think... the status of someone being vaccinated is like the status of having a history of ACL tears. Or, I mean, look at the situation daniel hunter just went through and through no fault of his own he had an injury that greatly affected a contract negotiation i mean it made the whole thing play out all the way deep into the summer so what do we do about these vikings that have like deflected this question and been all kind of cagey about it and look maybe those players are all vaccinated but understand that there are a lot of players that don't like the vaccination or don't trust it or for whatever reason it's a touchy subject i don't really think it should be a touchy subject but it is one and so so maybe you know they go get vaccinated for the sake of you know availability and just decide they don't going to talk about it in the media. Nobody wants to be the guy that made a stink or they don't intend to get vaccinated and don't want the media, you know, kind of breathing down their neck about it. Either way, Mike Zimmer actually brought in a doctor to talk to the players about vaccines. He has been, I think, pretty vocal about wanting the players to get vaccinated so players can be available. You know, Mike Zimmer, I, I don't know what he personally thinks about vaccines, but he does seem like the kind of guy that would issue his own political opinions to up the team's Super Bowl odds. He just seems like the kind of guy that eats, breathes football so much like that. But I kind of hesitate to validate player concerns about this too much. I usually take the player's side in most of these disputes. I think we too often think of players as, you know, Madden chips and not as people. But I I think in this case, I guess there's two things that could be going through a player's head or through your head if you maybe are with them. I know it's not fun to talk about vaccines on the sports podcast, but you know what? It's now having a pretty big effect on the league in terms of who's available, how people can do their meetings, you know, the the day to day uh, just camaraderie and working together and chemistry and not to mention the risk of actually missing time due to contracting COVID-19. And I think if you don't like the idea of requiring someone to get vaccinated, nobody is required to get vaccinated. They just have to go through other protocols if they don't, so they don't spread the thing. But a chorus that we hear a lot from players is that there's just not enough information. And I reject that. I think there's a lot of information. You just have to go find it. And you can look all of this stuff up. This is all public. There's no secrecy. Nothing is being created behind closed doors. It's all public information that you can go look at. But I think there's one thing. People don't know how an mRNA vaccine works. The COVID vaccine is a different kind of vaccine than the kind we get for flu shots or mumps and measles or polio or tetanus or all the other vaccines you get usually as a kid. Most vaccines are like a diluted version of the virus or of the the, the disease. You give the patient and a, a, a like weakened form of the disease. Kind of like the scout team. You give them somebody you know benign who isn't going to put an L in your L column who you can practice against, and your immune system learns how to fight the disease and learns to make the right antibodies and cells and stuff, and that's how it works. The COVID vaccine has a similar idea, but it's targeting a very specific part of COVID-19. So on every COVID-19 virus, there's something called a spike protein. You don't need to remember that. You can think of it as a badge, that just kind of says, hi, I'm COVID-19 and I'm here to ruin your day. And it's on the outside of the cell. You could think of it as like a Packer helmet. And your body sees that and says, well, that thing's an enemy and I'm going to go attack it. The thing is, by the time your body has seen the... COVID-19 is in in there, it's already too late. You're going to get the symptoms. You're going to have to, uh, you know, your immune system is going to kick in a whole bunch of nuclear measures, like giving you a fever to try to cook the virus out or giving you a running nose or a cough to try to flush the virus out. And that's what the symptoms are. The mRNA COVID-19 vaccines are just that spike protein grafted onto a dummy cell. So it's like putting a Packer helmet on a blocking dummy and then having your body practice blocking against it. It tells you that guy is the enemy but without actually risking giving you any part of the disease. And that's all that's in there. It is just a protein that mimics COVID-19 grafted onto some dummy material. There's no DNA in it. There's no weird poison in it. There's no other chemicals in it. It's just a benign part of COVID-19 that your body then learns how to kill. And then when actual COVID-19 gets into your system, they see the Packer helmet and they know to attack and they know how to attack it. And therefore, it can get rid of the disease in your body without you ever getting symptoms. That's all it is. There's nothing else weird going on. And I think that's fairly simple, straightforward. And the whole mRNA thing, I think, is really cool. I nerd out about that kind of stuff all the time. Next up, I want to talk about the all-in nature of the Viking season. Because yes, absolutely, this time... They're absolutely all in. We'll talk about that. I've got a story time for you as well, so stick around. But first, I want to give you a little opportunity to win a little money. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma money debit card, you can win daily Instant Karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card. If you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Credit Karma money has already given away over $3 million in Instant Karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, that's right now, you'll be automatically entered to win $1 million. Credit Karma money progress starts here. So right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account, start winning Instant Karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning Instant Karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See the rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated, member FDIC, maximum balance and transfer limits apply on wednesday an article went out by uh warren ludford at the daily norseman i'll link it in the show notes about how the vikings were all in in 2020 and a lot of stuff a lot of uh, real optimism about how the roster looks great and all that stuff which i'm not going to get into but what i want to contend with is that idea that the vikings are all in and we see this claim made every single year that the vikings are truly all in and even especially with Kirk cousins right because they've got this big quarterback contract and I I think there is this kind of fear that that will be unsustainable and eventually all the cards will come falling down around them because of this big quarterback contract that they're just kind of holding everything together with duct tape and and bubble gum and I just don't think that this is a thing that happens I, I guess I have to ask what all in means because the way I interpret all in maybe I'm just interpreting it different than everybody else but the way that I interpret all in is as a kind of now or never sense of urgency, where after this year, everything is going to fall apart and you don't have a future to look forward to. I don't think that's true of the Vikings. I don't think they've approached this offseason that way at all, especially not the draft. They've got Kellen Mond, who is kind of a future thing. Chaz Surratt, who is a a future project. Uh, Even players like Zach Davidson and Janarius Robinson, who are very much future projects. So the draft was not very much an all-in draft. If anything, that is the draft of a team that feels like it's in rebuilding mode. But I have spoken a lot about that. Dichotomy and how it kind of doesn't matter. They just picked players that they thought were like good, they had high grades on them because they have their athletic profiles or whatever. And ultimately, I think we kind of assume that what NFL teams do is like predetermined far too often. And I, the Vikings have been very opportunistic. We know the way that Patrick Peterson went down, Patrick Peterson's agent called the Vikings, not the other way around, and they jumped on the opportunity. So their plan was not to go out and get Patrick Peterson at cornerback. Whatever their plan was, they changed it when he came to them. They had, they have to have. And I think. to some degree the whole offseason is there right if you look at what they tried to do at the beginning of free agency they went for Carl Lawson and Trey Hendrickson then they had to change the plan when they missed out on those two guys they end up with Dalvin Tomlinson and the way the summer has kind of gone and the way the rest of the free agency period has gone it has been this kind of slow burn where there's like a new signing every like three weeks instead of this big flurry in the first two weeks like it usually is which I was trying to tell y'all But people got impatient. But a lot of guys came in on low signings. Xavier Woods, Mackenzie Alexander, now Sheldon Richardson coming in for way less. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of guys, right? All of that seems like opportunism or to some degree, just looking at the market and trying to navigate the way through it, your way through it to build the best roster you possibly can. But when you say all in, I don't see a a ton of resources borrowed from future years. I do see some contract restructures, right? And you've got the void year thing with Dalvin Tomlinson and you restructured Anthony Barr's contract. And now you've done the Daniil Hunter contract thing that could be an option for out next year. So 2022 will be a very interesting off season. but there is nothing but can you figure out the cap problem stopping you from just bringing Anthony Barr back on a, on a contract that he likes or just, extending or dealing with daniel hunter's contract next year in a way that makes sense they can do a whole bunch of stuff with that big old roster bonus they can turn it into signing bonus they can do a true extension they can do all kinds of stuff with that and they can do the same thing with Kirk cousins's contract or they can trade him or they can do whatever they want so they've got all these options in 2022 and we'll see what that ends up being but they haven't borrowed resources from it when you say all in that's did you you know trade future draft picks to now, like the Saints would do all the time? Do you have a bunch of players who are old and maybe only have one year left in them? They have, like, Patrick Peterson in that, and otherwise, you've your old players like Adam Thielen and Harrison Smith that haven't shown any signs yet, we talked about that in a previous episode, and they also have, like, one of the younger rosters in the league in the aggregate, so... They don't have a mortgaged future. They have a future that they've drafted and we'll see if it's good if they've drafted well and if it's any good. But they do have a future. But I think to even a greater degree, who goes all in? Nobody borrows from, you know, last year and next year to go all in on this year. That's not really how NFL teams Work. I think we always have this idea. It's like what you do in Madden, where you kind of compile all your draft picks. You know, trade all your draft picks from this year into next year, so you can get a bunch of first round picks and like you know abuse their trade system. And then you know you trade a bunch of next year's picks and this year's picks to get veterans and stuff. And now you've taken three years worth of drafts and kind of piled them all into one year. And that's kind of feels like maybe more than all in. Uh, nobody does that, and the Vikings certainly haven't. So no, they're not all in. And in 2022, yeah, they've got decisions. They got stuff to. Do, they've got problems to solve but you know once again the imminent destruction of the vikings has been greatly exaggerated and we get this article we got this article in 2018 it's an all-in year 2019 was an all-in year 2020 they traded for ngakwe it's an all-in year 2021 is an all-in year and i guess this one is really the one but i don't buy it until the vikings absolutely tear it down and fall apart and do so on purpose as part of a plan I guess or as a cost for maybe being more competitive the year before then I won't buy it and that's just not what's going to happen 2022 they'll be as competitive as their you know draft results allow them to be and that's always how it's going to be it's always how it should be now in the NFL you can defer problems but With your car, do not defer problems. The more you let a problem with your car fester and the more you wait on it if a light comes on, the worse the problem can get and it can affect other parts as well. So if you bring your car to the shop and they want to upcharge you for a real expensive part, maybe see if you can't get the same part from the same manufacturer for a a smaller price at rockauto.com. Rock Auto is an aggregator of car parts. They are a family company. They've been doing this online for like 15 years and they're looking out for you and they won't upsell you like brick and mortar auto shops will when you're trying to get car parts. Enter your make, your year, and your model and Rock Auto will sort through everything, make sure you're getting options that are compatible with your car and you can get the part delivered, delivered directly from the manufacturer to your door. That's at rockauto.com, and at checkout, there's a How You Heard About Us section. Make sure you let them know that Locked On sent you, because if you don't, the rabbits will dox me. Rock Auto, basic selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Let's also talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar covered in 100% chocolate, an indulgent treat that you can enjoy late at night, after a workout, in the morning, whatever, and not feel too guilty about it because it's low in sugar, low carb, low calorie, high protein, high fiber. It's even keto-friendly if you're doing the keto thing. So make it feel like a cheat day without it being an actual cheat day. Head on over to BuiltBar.com and enter promo code LOCKED15, one You get 15% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 at builtbar.com. In the late 80s, football had a weird moment, not unlike a moment we had recently with the USFL. And in that USFL, an alternate football league as well as the 1987 season, which was a strike sh- shortened season, it was kind of a chaotic time in football. There was a player named Kyle Borland who was a linebacker at Wisconsin and kind of played on the fringes of football in in that time, had a cup of coffee with the league. Uh, About a decade ish later, Kyle Borland and his wife Jenny had a son. And Kyle Borland was obsessed. With football, and he remains to this day. So they named his son Jared, but they made his middle name tough T U F F, like Tough Toldness of Missoula. See, he wanted to make a legacy for his son to live up to. He wanted his son to be tough, so he named him tough and said, Let's make this a self fulfilling prophecy. He floats the idea to his wife, and his wife's like, Oh, that's kind of cool. I-, I dig it. So they named him Jared Tough Borland. And as a kid, Jared Borland quickly realized it would be very cool as a little boy to be called tough. So he said, please call me tough. And that is why he goes by tough Borland to this day. The Ohio State linebacker, uh, undrafted rookie from the Vikings, spent his entire childhood surrounded by football. Uh, You know, Kyle Borland was uh, obsessed and he introduced his son to the game at like five or six, like a lot of players uh, end up, you know, starting really, really young. And Kyle Borland loved everything about the game, the preparing, the watching it, studying it, playing it, working technique, and stuff like that. And so just being around that tough Borland kind of siphoned off the same passion. So Kyle Borland was the youth youth league coach of his son's team. So your dad's the coach, right? And when he first started doing this, that was kind of uh, frustrating because, you know, you go, you do the youth coaching thing and he decided he like didn't like driving home because, you know, his dad would immediately go into critique mode. And he said, maybe I pushed him too hard, but hey, look, he's in the NFL and, Tuff himself says, you know, he's glad that he got pushed that hard now because he's been able to kind of find success and make it to the next level, see if he can make a team up up here in Minnesota. So he blossomed into kind of a blue chip prospect and he goes to Ohio State, you know, big program and he red shirts his first year as a red shirt freshman. He kind of rotates in and it's not until 2018, which would be his red shirt sophomore year that he is uh, kind of penciled in to be a starter because after the 2017 season, a lot of the Ohio State defense left or graduated or, you know, got drafted or whatever. And in spring of 2018, of course, he tears his Achilles, uh, ending his 2018 season, which is super hard. And the idea of toughness is appropriately central to Tough Borland's story. Up to that point, it was all physical toughness. You have to have it to be a linebacker and put up with the bumps and bruises of, you know, just day to day being a football player. But when you get injured, especially when it's an Achilles injury and the kind of thing that knocks you out for a whole season, you have to deal with the like two different kinds of toughness. You have to have two different kinds of toughness. You have to have, again, the physical toughness to put up with the pain and the rehab and work through it. And, you know, it's hard work coming back from an Achilles injury and, and retraining your muscles and kind of catching back up for the time that you lost. But there's also the angle of mental toughness. And for Tough Borland, it was really hard to watch his team fight and claw and scrape and do everything you would usually do in a football season with him being on the sidelines. He managed to get to the sidelines and be present for it, but it was really tough not being able to play. And that dedication really showed up because he was elected a captain before he was even cleared to play for the next season. And was, you know, kind of by that point was a leader in the locker room. Again, he was one of the longer tenured Buckeyes after a lot of turnover had happened through the draft and stuff. And he had one year left to go. His final year of eligibility was in 2020. But obviously, as all of these stories go, eventually you have to grapple with what happened in 2020 with uh, COVID-19. And the Ohio State season was hit pretty hard. Obviously, things were weird, and we didn't even know if they were going to play for a long time. So you had to deal with that kind of mental throwing you off, in addition to just the regular challenges of a season going on during COVID-19. When it came to Thanksgiving weekend, and it was time for a road game against Illinois, a lot of the Borlands were excited to go watch what would be one of Tough Borlands' last games in a Buckeye uniform. And you may remember what happened there. There were a bunch of reports of uh, coronavirus spreading through Ohio State's program. By the night of Black Friday, the game had been canceled, and the entire season had been put on hold, and a number of players were held out from traveling with the team, Tough Borland being one of them. So there have been a lot of moments where Tuff Borland, born and bred to be a like leadership inside linebacker type hasn't been able to actually get on the field and do what he wants to do. And so now he gets very much that opportunity here in the 2021 training camp because that linebacker room Is very open, so if Tuff Borland shows out, there's a job there available for him to win as he comes into Minnesota Vikings training camp. What's the bottom of that roster look like? Ryan Connolly or Cameron Smith, Troy Dye, you know, these guys are beatable if you're good linebackers, so the opportunity is there for Tuff Borland to kind of prove what he couldn't in Ohio State. And all that's to say nothing of what happened to Tuff Borland in the national championship game, where that whole defense got shredded to bits. He has, I think, a lot to prove, and we'll have to see over the course of the preseason if he's got the chops to prove it. Before I go, I just want to shout out the Locked On Today podcast. It is also part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Peter Bukowski keep bringing you everything in the world of sports under twenty minutes every single day. I'm Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. The show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. See y'all tomorrow, and as always, skull.